What's going on, Ranger fans? Welcome back to the Every Ranger Goal podcast. This is episode number five. I'm your host slash co-host, Jake Alby, along with my uh, co-slash co-host, Connell McNeilis, Coach Connell McNeilis. And uh, it's April 15th, 2021. The Rangers have how many games left? Uh, 10? Uh, it should be 14, 14 games left. So we got 14 games left. The team's playing really well. And uh, surprisingly, it's been kind of drama-free. I feel like the first couple months of the season were loaded with uh, this story and that story. And as of late, it's kind of been quiet and the Rangers are just playing good hockey. Quinn hasn't really been fucking with the young kids too much. Nonetheless, though, they're playing some good hockey. Yeah, you got to be happy with how they're playing, right? Um, I mean, you know, last podcast, we were kind of just talking, like being realistic. I'm still not overly optimistic they they have a chance at this, only because Boss has a couple games in hand. And that's, an you know, that's a team that added at the deadline with with Taylor Hall and, and um, you know, as an experienced bunch. But look, they're playing good hockey. That's all you could ask for, right? Uh, they're competing. I think the, the ice times have uh, been a little bit better. Um, you know, that kid line, so to speak, has uh, has gotten an opportunity here. And I think I've taken advantage of it. Uh, you know, I saw a great pass from Heedle the other night. Lafreniere seems to be going. Uh, Kako's uh, had, a, had a little point streak there for a bit. And and then uh, obviously, you know, the signing of Kratzev, too, is, was added to the nice little jolt into this lineup. And he's he's looked good, man. He's strong on the puck. Um, he's, he's, he's making plays. You got to figure out goals around the corner for him. Um, but, you know, look, the team's playing well. The four points out. We were just kind of talking before the podcast, uh, folks, that, you know, realistically, like, you got the final two games of the season against Boston. Like, you got to kind of go into it. If, if they have any chance in hell, um, you got to have a chance to do it then. You know, if you're going to jump the Bruins, you have to beat them. So you got to set it up, whether they're, you know, two, three, four points out going into those final four games, and then you got to win them both or get three out of four points to make the playoffs. Um, it, Jake, it kind of reminds me of uh, a little bit. I mean, obviously it didn't end the way it wanted to, but 0-9-10 with that uh, team, that, the last two games of the season against the Flyers, if the Flyers are at home, uh, then they just need to win. They obviously lose in the shootout, but it is similar kind of uh, mindset. They had to make a run uh, down the stretch. I think they finished like 10, two and one down the stretch or something like that, which is probably realistic that we said 14 games, that's 13 games right there. Um, that's probably realistic to something the Rangers would have to do like, you know, nine, two and two down the stretch or something like that. And, and then you see where you're at. And, you know, I think given expectations, if they make the playoffs or if they, you know, they're in this, I think that's what we really all wanted, right. They're just making a push. This isn't as strong of a draft. So we're not as quite worried about the draft picks. Now we got accumulation. We got all these guys. Um, I, I think you got to be pleased where they're at and, um, you know, kind of jumping into that. We, we talk about Kratzev. What did, what have you seen from Kratzev so far? Um, I think everyone's been pretty pleased. He's obviously shown uh, signs of immaturity, I think, than, than his last stint around. Who knows what the real behind-the-scenes thing was that made him go back to Europe. We kind of talked about that last time. But he's looked great. I mean, he had that opportunity. He was <laughs> – there's the kid line and Krasov the other night, right, that looked probably the best offensively than anybody else. Chris Kreider's kind of in his uh, invisibility cloak um, right now. As much as I love Chris Kreider and as much as I support the contract, hey, I'll even say that I, I don't mind Kreider as a captain, but – he just, I, I don't know, hockey's a weird game and these players can go into these weird uh, coincidental funks, but hey, at least we have some young guys playing, playing well. It's hard to talk about the young kids without talking about Quinn, so we'll keep it really, really, really brief. You do have to give Quinn credit for letting the kids play the other day. I mean, maybe it's against a Devils team that, you know, is struggling on their own. They're kind of having open tryouts. Devils are interesting. We could always talk Devils at a different time because they're, they're at this weird phase of their rebuild. I mean, I guess we have this accelerated rebuild. We were helped out by the draft, obviously, 
but the devils are kind of right on the cusp as well. Going back to your 2009, 2010, the ending, it's those two teams that and the following year where they do make it in the playoffs, it kind of has this eerily similar vibe of they're playing very exciting games. And I think that's all you could really ask for in this team. It's like they're playing competitive hockey. They've blown a couple. Uh, they're not doing so well in one goal games. Like you said last week or the week before that, was, that's the whole season right there is yeah. one goal games. You know, I don't know how you can come away from the season and think negative. I think it's just a matter of going forward. Uh, you know, does this does this organization successful season or not? Will he be here at the end of the season? Yeah, that's the big question. I think next year's the year where things get like we, we keep talking about this. We won't go too much detail. Next year's the year it gets super serious. We have, they have a lot of cast space this year. They, they, they've set themselves up nicely to really not lose anybody uh, key in the expansion draft. I think a lot of teams have learned their lesson from Vegas. So Rangers are probably going to lose one of, you know, whether it's Hayek or maybe uh, Gautier if they choose to let him go or, or Blackwell, but they're in good shape. So, you know, next year's the year. And, um, you know, right now we're just, I said, I, it's still like, obviously we're, we're fans, we're invested, but it's, it's still a little bit like Rangers light, if that makes sense. Like I know, I know better than to get overly upset, but next year's the year where it's like, okay, now we're, we're, we're pedal to the metal here. Um, you know, and you hope they could, you know, add to some free agent signings and, and speaking of free agent signings here, um, Zach Jones signs with the Rangers. So, you know, we talked about Kratsev and he's looked good. We talked about him a little bit uh, a few weeks ago as, you know, he was finishing his quarantine and all that good stuff. But uh, Zach Jones, fresh off a national championship with UMass Amherst, uh, signs with the Rangers. Jones, um, uh, a third round pick in 2019. Um, has kind of come onto the scene a little bit, um, you know, uh, played at the USHL two years ago, uh, the NCAA, uh, you know, UMass for the last two years as well. And then obviously kind of had his real big moment with the world junior team this past year. Um, we talked about this, you know, with wingers, it seems like we're running around in circles here. We talked about the log jam with wingers. I think there might be a log jam on the blue line now. What do you think, Jake? Yeah, I mean, with Niels Lundqvist, um, who knows? I mean, there's so much mystery um, surrounding this offseason, and they could go so many ways. They easily could have just traded Brendan Smith at the deadline the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, they probably, I don't know, is anybody else really in danger of them dumping? Or I, I don't know. Not particularly. Not, yeah. I mean, he was probably the only guy who was, you know, they could have, you know, they said they traded Lemieux a few weeks ago. Maybe they could have flirted with, you know, trading whoever, you know, someone wanted to pay for, a seventh round pick for Kevin Rooney or something, but you know, they, they need to have their exposure, uh, you know, requirements of the draft. And I think Smith was really the only guy and look, it would have been a fourth, a fifth round pick. I, I don't think it would have been uh break in the bank. So, you know, like I said, I think Smith's a guy before we go back to John Smith's a guy who's, you know, kind of had the whirlwind of experiences as a, as a Ranger player between getting traded at the 2017 deadline to the Rangers, you know, was good for them in the playoffs um, signed that contract, had a, a tough year, and it's kind of built this way back. And I think he's uh, quietly a leader on this team. And so, you know, look, I don't think it hurts to, at this point, with the amount of assets the Rangers have over the past three, four years, whatever it's been, um, to keep on, keep Smith just for a little run, so to speak, and a veteran then in the room when you would have gotten a fifth round pick for the guy. It doesn't really matter. But, you know, back to Jones here. Um, you know, a lot of high praise, a lot of high standards, and his stock has really risen. I mean, he's a third-round pick, so you're never sure what you're going to get there. Um, you know, the lottery, as I said, the, the draft picks a lottery to begin with, 
uh, and outside the first round, forget it. You know what I mean? So it's, it, it's, it's really comes down to evaluation and scouting and sounds like the Rangers did a good job. Um, you'd have to think that uh, Libra Hayek's job is, is in danger. We've talked about Hayek in the past, another guy who I just don't think has a long-term future in the NHL. Uh, and we talk about some of the other prospects, you know, between Lundqvist and, and Schneider, who they took in this year's draft. Um, I think the Rangers are doing what they're supposed to do here and they've accumulated assets. And I think it's just all setting up for a big splash in the summer, but uh, you know, I'm excited to watch Jones play. I got a chance to see him a decent amount and I watched the NCAA tournament. Obviously I love college hockey and um, he uh, he's a menace, man. He's uh, offensively, he's really good. And, and he seems to have uh, seemed to have come into his own as a defensive player as well. Um, I don't think he's going to be, you know, an Adam Fox or anything like that, but you know, you need complementary pieces. And if he could turn into a guy who's, uh, you know, a good top four, maybe even just a good third pairing guy, I, I have a third round pick. You take that any day of the week. I mean, I don't know. Uncle Larry says Hayek's having a good season. So, <laughs> you know, so. We'll get, hey, Uncle Larry, open, open invite to come on the pod. Open yeah, invites. Yeah, Let's yeah. go. We'll no, discuss. Yeah. I mean, he, it's, it's, he, there's kind of a genius, a half genius to it where he, he really um, is making people click, huh? It's, yeah, that's it. Hey. I mean, he says ridiculous stuff. I mean, I don't know, though. Like, do you think I test uh, dinosaurs would look at a Hayek season and say, uh, well, yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's blended in there? Because I know, I mean, statistically, none of the analytics do him any favors. Uh, you know, you've talked about no, how he's, he's awful. Um, and no offense to him, of course. Uh, but I, I, bet you the Rangers do sign, I bet you the Rangers sign Smith, though, next season. I, I feel like he's either they're either going to sign him or he's going to retire. So Hayek is hopefully gone. Hopefully they don't see this as a growing season for him. Um, but Zach Jones, I mean, I was going to ask you as the, the player, you know, the scouting guy, uh, how much experience you had with him and if you know uh, an extensive amount. Yeah, I mean, look, he's uh, a good... Mr. Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones. Oh, dude, love a little counting crows. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, look, he's a good skater. You know, undersized is a word that gets thrown around. Look, he's 5'10", he's 170, he's 20 years old, so I'm sure he could put on some weight and get a little bit bigger. Um, it's not like Adam Fox is a big guy. So, like, you know, I think... I, you know, I heard, uh, I heard some talk about, you know, some comparisons, um, the UMass coach, whose name is, is blank. I'm blanking on here, but, you know, kind of talking about, you know, the comparisons to Adam Fox, I think, you know, it might be there a little bit. Uh, I don't think he's at that level. Um, but from what I've seen, but look, he's a good skater. He can move the puck. He's definitely more offensive inclined, um, which is, you know, you want defensemen who could, you know, make that first pass. And that's what you're looking for. The first pass, good skating. And defensively, he seems to have come a long way. Um, you know, playing two years NCAA hockey, uh, you were, I was wondering if he was going to sign this year or not. Uh, cause he was like a, a bit of a, a older draft pick, I think for the Rangers sake, uh, like they took him as a, as a, as a 19 year olds, um, when he went just only because of his birthday, like October 18th. So he missed the cutoff for, he would have been the 2020 drafts, right. And I'm, oh no, he would have been the 2018 draft, but he had to be in the 2019 draft. So he was older for his draft a little bit, um, which is why you only saw him playing two years in the NCAA and then coming out. Um, I would be excited. I think he's really good. Um, once again, you always have to, I've, I've seen a lot of players who you think have it together and they get to the NHL and they just lose it completely. Um, but I could see him becoming a really nice complimentary piece. I mean, I, I think, I think it's realistic to say that if things all go well, right, everything goes well, all the variables that you could bring into it. If he turns into a second pair guy who could like be on the second power play after Fox is on the first one, um, I think that's fine. And I think once again, for a third round pick, if that's the value you are getting, that's phenomenal. 
That's phenomenal. So I, I would be excited. I'm excited to see him play because uh, at the college level, he was dominant and it was clearly time to move on from the college level. Me too. I, I'm, I really hope they stick him in the lineup for uh, the end of the season here for at least like eight of these games, like just yeah. something to, um, you know, get, show us something for next season. Hopefully we, we can. Do you think he's like a, is, is he scouted as like another kind of puck, puck moving guy? I don't know. It feels like all these like younger, smaller defensemen are coming yeah. in as, as puck movers and uh, power play quarterbacks. Now, I, I wonder if all these guys kind of come into the league that way. And then when they get to the NHL, the best league in the world, there's the least amount of space out there. Um, I wonder what percentage of those guys switch to, to really just focusing on defense. I mean, maybe you're kind of seeing it with Miller. He's getting a little more comfortable now. Um, but it kind of, yeah, it just seems like one after the other, this guy's expect even, even Tarmo, right. We were saying like coming up and we, we do want him to play. Um, but the log jam, uh, is exactly what you're talking about. Um, with these puck moving kind of defensemen. Yeah. You figure someone's going to get moved eventually and you maybe you lose someone in the expansion draft trades, but yeah, I just think it's the new, you talk about the puck moving defense, but I just think it's the new age of hockey. Like, uh, I think positions are starting to kind of meld together and you're kind of playing with five in a zone. It's not, you know, defense offense, right. It's not like, you know, so I think that's, that's in the past. And I think most of these guys are, and I think at younger levels, you know, uh, you know, the offensive side, you know, usually see higher scores at the younger levels, you know, so that's just defense is definitely uh, uh, something that needs to be worked on probably a little bit more for a guy of his skill. Um, but look, you take that, you take, that's like trying to tame a Mustang. I'll take the Mustang any day of the week, you know, trying to get, otherwise you're, you know, trying to jam a Clydesdale or something like that. You know what I mean? It's, it's just not the same thing. So give me the Mustang and, and we could, we could pull them in a little bit if we need to, it's a lot easier to, to do that than try to get someone to be uh, more offensive and comfortable here. But look, overall, I think, uh, you know, you gotta be excited and obviously another game against New Jersey tonight. And I think if once again, being realistic, you gotta, you know, you got, eight points up for grabs in Jersey one, two, the other night um, you, you get, you'd like to say you, you need, you want eight, you need probably at least six here um, against this team. And, you know, we'll kind of go from there. Um, you know, outside of the, the current team, there's been uh, some, some buzz on social media here with some, some videos we've seen in the last few weeks. Uh, the first you sent to me and I didn't see initially was uh our old friend Brandon Prust, who's uh, been known to make a controversial uh, a take once in a while, um, was on a podcast, a Montreal Canadiens podcast, um, and was talking about his time with 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 the Habs. Uh, touched on the 2014 playoff run, which of course the Rangers eliminated his Montreal Canadiens in six games to advance to the Stanley Cup Finals. A lot of controversy in that series from Prust, who obviously broke Derek Stepan's jaw, but the real controversy was from the comments he made about Chris Kreider and uh, hurting Carey Price there. Um, I can play it. You want me to play it? You got it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, play yeah, it yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I totally, totally do. And it's, it's along with former Ranger Dale Weiss as, as well, by the way. Oh, I didn't realize he was so out. He's there. out of uh, Ranger, Random Rangers of the Week. I don't know how many games <laughs> he has played. But, uh, all right, here's Brandon Prust. He's talking about the Kreider-Price collision right here. I think, you know, when Kreider goes, you know, crashes into – price and I, I remember people being like why why'd you because i was you know going after Kreider after that and i'm like obviously this guy just took out our number one player whether it's an accident or a purpose i want to beat the shit out of him and no it wasn't and uh might have been an accident but accidentally on purpose remember that <laughs> i played in new york i know what's taught there and it's accidentally on purpose slide into the goalie so so i would look real quick on that I understand that under Tortorella, 
I understand the mindset of like, oh, accidentally on purpose. You know, Torrell had an, it was known to kind of have that attitude in his military like uh, locker rooms. But look, we're we're looking at this uh, through the lens of a Ranger fan. Um, but is is Pruss serious? So I mean, obviously, you know, he gets a stick in his feet here. Let's see. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why you would turn your back if you weren't trying to stop. If you, if you're like completely turned around like that, he says something else here. Kreider's not like uh, his IQ is pretty low, um, so <laughs> like he, he's just going full tilt, a hundred miles an hour at the goalie. Like if you lose your balance, they're 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 gone. And that's exactly what happened. Like, but also, what do you, what do you expect on a breakaway? Are you not going to try to score a fucking goal? Like, are you not going to try to go full speed? I look, I get it. I get there. You know, that was the the biggest of blows you could possibly have. For whatever reason, that's the excuse though that they didn't win that series was uh, Kreider hitting Gary Price. You know. Yeah. I don't. I, know. I, I'd say this. I, I think one. I, I'm not going to address it all with with Prost, who is, uh, I, I, in my money, has probably had some issues outside of of hockey in the last few years and and uh you know he's been a, he's been a bit of a dinosaur at you know as far as his hockey um observations i'll leave it at that but look <laughs> it, it's i'm just gonna i'm not even gonna touch anything else other than that um i'll say this look Kreider's going full speed we, this is it's funny this is seven years later basically um i, I think the, the my biggest issue with the comments is like that's what it's taught in new york like he never played under elaine vino so and Kreider, who has and, the softest rosters imaginable the three tenures he's has in the teams that he, he played uh that he coached for yeah um, you know we're soft teams that's the funniest part about his comment well, yeah they were more fast skill-based teams and i think like yeah I, you know what's taught in new york i mean I, I don't know. It, it's a weird, like he definitely gets tripped. Um, he definitely loses his balance. Um, do you want to argue with me that maybe he could have done a better job going into price to try to prevent injury? Maybe, but that's going a hundred miles per hour. Kreider uh, is one of the fastest guys in the league. We know this. Uh, I don't know. It, it's just a weird comment to me. Cause, cause he said he never played under AV and uh, you know, Kreider outside of the 11, 12 playoffs, like really was, you know, didn't play a ton of the towards cause he got sent down in 12, 13 was up and down. So if he's trying to say that's like a, a carryover effect, I'm not sure you're thinking of it in that moment. You're on a breakaway. You're not thinking, okay, how can I hurt the goalie? I'm right. on a breakaway in the Stanley cup playoffs here, the conference finals. I like, I want to score. That's your mindset. So I don't know. It's a weird comment. Um, you know, and then, you know, press goes on to break Derek Stepan's uh, jaw there and all that good stuff. So, uh, here we go. I'm happy you bring this up. So he mentions accidentally on purpose. And that's would, on purpose. And I would love to just, uh, oh, perfect. Yeah. Where's the puck? <laughs> pucks up, pucks up and out of the zone. It's interference. It's to the shoulder. It's dirty. What do you, I mean, look, that's what press did. That's what press did in his career. That's what that's what Prust did in most of his career. Yeah. Um, that's a dive. Yeah, uh, honorable <laughs> Derek Dorsett dive here. <laughs> I like Derek Dorsett. Me too. I love Derek Dorsett. He he was a good little was a good... Uh, guy. Game one, Stanley Cup playoffs, starting lineup. Boyle Moore Dorsett. And then uh, McDonough Girardi. They start a game, uh game one. Just wanted to take a look at that. Sorry, Brandon. Uh yeah, yeah. I I don't have any apologies to Brandon Prest. To, to <laughs> 
I don't I don't really care. Um, what if he but, would, yeah. the Rangers cult legend if he didn't do that to Stefan? And then the booze, the booze coming from the garden as he left and the asshole chance. It's just uh, legendary. He went full bad guy on us. Yeah, that's it. He went uh, he went full Harvey Dent on us. Uh, that's one. Clown, of, uh, yeah, that's clown of the week. That's I guess he'll be clown, clown of the week. Or, or clowns go, of the week. We have another clown of the week. We do have another clown of the week, and this guy is another clown. Um, uh, speaking of <laughs> former Rangers, quote unquote, cult legends, Ron Duguay, uh, the man, the myth, the hair. Um, uh, some comments this week. Uh, they came out. Yeah, they just recently was talking about his his tenure as a Ranger analyst uh, and the comments that got him essentially fired, um, claiming uh, oh, it was after a, a late night game of stuff. You have the they're playing against the Kings. The Rangers need to win this game. And the officiating was awful. Like they would call things they shouldn't call and things they should call. They didn't call the Rangers end up losing the game. So after the game, it's now we're one in the morning. We're on the post game show. I'm freaking tired. I'm pissed. Excuse me. And I said, I got to, I got to say something about the officials. So this is what I said. I said, the, these guys would have been better off officiating girls hockey. (laughs) Right. And what I meant was in girls hockey, there's no hitting. Yeah. It would have been easier for them to not make a call because there's no hitting. Just call face-offs and offsides, right? So that's that audio uh, is from the Cam and Strick podcast. Gotcha. Thank and, you. And that's basically uh, it's Ron replying to why he was not asked back to MSG Network, and uh, it's supposedly for this comment. Uh, they kept him off the air. He kind of goes on here to say, I don't know if there's anything really of. It, all, all he says is just him just trying to justify it and all that stuff. Look, it's a ridiculous comment. Um, I was talking on Twitter this week. I, I love women's hockey. Like it's actually the girls. I love coaching women's hockey. I've only really done that in camps and stuff, but any, uh, you know, division one coaching programs, you know, out there, anybody wants to hire me, hit me up. Um, but, uh, it, it's, it's a stupid comment. It's, it's an old school, old boys comment. Um, and it's, it, look, it, it, there's no accountability for it. And he's still talking about it, whatever, three years later, like yeah. that's my biggest gripe with it. In the moment, okay, you made a mistake, and it's a sexist mistake. Let's call it what it is. That's what it is. It's a sexist mistake. Uh, not even a mistake. It's just a sexist comment. Um, and, and then, okay, you, there's no reflection over three years later. And I, I, I had some beef with Duguay on Twitter this summer because he pretty much uh, he blocked, I, I blocked a bunch of us. Yeah, so he made a comment oh, no, about – He was COVID-denying. That's right. Yeah, he's a COVID-denier. He was saying, yeah. oh, the testing, you know, don't test the players. Like, we were tough. We didn't wear helmets. I'm like, that's not the same thing. Basically calling him a moron. And, and you weren't, by the way, Duguay. You were a soft player. So don't act like you were tougher than anybody else. I mean, look, he got into some fights and stuff. That's cool. But, like, just, like, whatever. Like, he was – it doesn't matter. It, the point is, like, they're all ridiculous comments. Uh, he's a moron. He's blocked me on Twitter, so I don't really care. Uh, Ron Duday, I do not like you. Um, you're a loser. Um, <laughs> we're blessed, though, to have Steve Valiquet, Uh Well, we got Valley. It's all we need. We were talking Great. today. I was talking in the, the Blue Sea blogs. Always got to plug them. We're talking, uh, just, you know, analysts. And we, you know, we had Valley and, and Ryan Callahan has come back and, and, and helped out there, too. So we got some good guys. So I'll lend this on Duguay. He's uh, an old school guy with ridiculous mindsets. Um, and, and, and if you can't be accountable and reflect on your actions, like if he said there, Hey, this is why I got fired. It was a mistake. I apologize. I'm trying to be better. I'd be like, okay, at least he's acknowledging something, but no, he does nothing. He doesn't, he doesn't get it. That's my problem. He doesn't get, he doesn't get it. That seems to be a recurring issue. Just look with people yep. in the world nowadays. Uh, it just all you, there's nothing wrong with being wrong. 
And and this is what I don't understand about so many people and their and their um I mean their staunch political views, right? But um it, there I feel like there's just nothing wrong with with accepting that you were incorrect about something. There's not there's nothing wrong with saying I'm sorry naturally as a human species. We naturally hear people out and I think more often than not, you know, you'll be forgiven if you show that you are genuine and honest and that you made a mistake. He said something dumb and all he has to say is, yeah, I said something stupid and you know, it's not, it's not a hard fix. It's, no, it's but not. You fuck it up to like cancel culture or some. Yeah, bullshit. exactly. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like all he has, like in the said, and I don't blame MSG for not asking him back. I think they were kind of moving on from him anyway. Um, so that's, you know, he's been around for a while, but yeah, exactly. My point, like, okay, you, you, you said something very inappropriate and, 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 and what it is, it's a sexist comment, but okay. At least if you can come back and say, Hey, this is why I got fired in the moment. I didn't like it, but now I realize I shouldn't have said that. Right. I'm not saying I'd still like the guy, but at least I'd be like, okay, like at least he's showing some sort of human growth. Like you just said, it, it's human nature to want to forgive people, I think, and not hold grudges. Right. And, and the fact that he can't even acknowledge that just shows you like, just like the kind of buffoonery that goes on in like, you know, the male dominated NHL, like all yeah. that stuff and the old boys club and, and why it's important to kind of keep pushing the envelope and get new voices in there. And like, get, get women's, get people of color and, and you know, uh, all that good stuff. We talk about analysts. I mean, I love Anson Carter. I think he's fantastic. So, you know, more people who have different views besides the old white guy who played hockey in the seventies. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. Right. That's what it comes down to. Um, well, we just need a couple Rangers there. And so we got to go to one of our favorite segments of the week, the random Ranger of the week, folks, the random Ranger of the week. For those who are new to the pod, Jake and I have, we do not know who we picked. And one day, one day I would be very funny if we picked the same guy. That'd actually be hilarious. But, All right. um, we will. The, we will probably. But the, the criteria is this. He had to play less than 100 games for the Rangers. Okay. So pretty much, if you're doing the math there, about two seasons, you know, less than two seasons. Okay. Random Ranger of the Week could be from any era. Uh, you know, I'm 27. Jake is 24. So probably going to be within our time uh, time frames here. I'm not really going back to Ron Duque's time. Uh, but I'll start here with a uh, pretty random guy here. Um, just out of the lockout year, 05-06, played a grand total of 48 games for the New York Rangers. We're number 10. Really, my lasting memory of this guy is that he's like the first guy uh, to reach Merrick Malik, one of the first guys to reach Merrick Malik after he scores the shootout goal. Vili Niemannen. Oh, my God. Vili Niemannen. Yeah. Talk about a throwback here. Um, <sighs> signed with the Rangers, um, and then he was um, later traded to the San Jose Sharks just for a third-round pick that really turned into nothing. But Vili Niemannen played 48 games for the Rangers in 5 6 uh, had 17 points and, uh, yeah, that's wow. pretty much it. That's, that's I, I remember that else. from like NHL 06, like oh, yeah. from, or, you know, whatever year, uh, the game came out and, uh, oh my God, that, that roster is, is burned. Yeah. Burned man, it's kinda, it's in my brain. Crazy. It's it, kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, it is. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, also, I didn't even realize this till now. He won the stand. He was on the Oh one, uh, 2000 2001 Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche. So that's Stanley Cup champion Billy Naiman to uh, to wow. tell the rest of us here. His name is on the cup. That's pretty unbelievable. That's, that's pretty, pretty good. So yeah, 48 games, Ranger Legends, number 10, Billy Naiman. Who you got over there? That's a good one. So I got a, I got a, a, a pretty darn low game count here. I, I love this. 10 games. Woo Let's go. Zero points. <laughs> Minus three. 
whatever that means, uh, and 10 penalty minutes. I'm talking about uh, the what, – what could I – I don't want to say man rocket. Hey, if he's a man rocket. If he's a man rocket, he's a man rocket. I'll say number 40, Brandon Mashinter. Brandon Mashinter. Oh, my gosh. It's a total of 10 games, which – even 10 games, I can't remember a single thing that happened. Now he was kind of kind of more of an enforcer role. And I don't I don't know what he was supposed to be. Let's actually pull up. Let's see if he's still playing. Yeah, he played parts of two seasons with the Rangers. I'm looking him up now. Jeez. He only played 64 career games in the NHL. So 6'4, 220. Left winger. <laughs> okay, so he has yeah, that's right. He was on the Hawks for a minute. Yeah, okay, 41 games for the Hawks in 15-16. Four yeah. goals, one assist. So, I uh, career year there for him. For him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I mean, so. where is he? Like, yeah, it doesn't even look like so. He must have been an undrafted free agent because he wasn't even, yeah, signed by San Jose. Uh, yeah, traded I love the that. Rangers. And then Kyle Beach. You remember Kyle Beach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm looking at too. Oh, my he, God. He, like, never really made it, Kyle Beach, but uh, – where did he – where is Kyle Beach still – now we're at a deep dive. Is Kyle Beach still playing? I don't think he ever made it to the radio. <laughs> Kyle Beach is playing in the third-tier league in Germany. Jesus Christmas. Yeah. Uh, that, he was a first-round pick, too. How is that possible? Tommy Grant. I mean, that takes me right back to that that lockout season, like watching Wolfpack games. And- yeah, he was on that 0405 Wolfpack team, which is pretty good because that team had, like, a bunch of, like – rangers and whatnot that like you know like i think dubinsky and and callahan were kind of jumping in and then some other guys who you know uh would eventually you know make it uh to kind of as a staple oh yeah connecting well oh my god oh yeah sorry 11 12 13 lockout excuse me oh yeah he was on the connecticut whale for a while went to anchorage jeez now this is a deep dive so this is what i do just like you find a ranger player and then you go on elite prospects or hockey database or hockey reference and you kind of dive into it all yeah. Brandon Massinger, that's a good one that's so, a weird one i love that the leagues that we find they're playing in now that's that's oh the great part of it is uh is that i just love see yeah what did you say he's playing oh no kyle beach that was kyle beach. yeah he was in the third tier in the german league jeez it's, we uh, see that Emerson Edom is is playing uh, is is coaching and general managing. A, yeah, the NA three team. Yeah, which is like a comparable league to like you know where I'll be coaching next year. So that's hilarious. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Well, that's good. Billy Neiman, Brandon Mashinter, two two random Ranger legends yeah. here. We'll finish up with our uh, which has been a seemingly our most uh, clickbaity segment uh, on the social media feeds. The overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite. We decided to, to have some fun with this one. And in honor of um, Artemi Panarin uh, scoring uh, the most points in his first 100 games, right? Finished with, what, 137 points. Um, we decided to go with the best Ranger, or, you know, overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite, uh, free agent signings in the salary cap era. So that's 2005, 2006 on. Um, and uh, we'll kind of just go from there. So, Overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite. Um, yeah, 100, so she's 138 points in, in 100 games. Incredible signing, as good as it's going to get in the free agent uh, salary cap era. Um, I'll give it a start here. We'll go overrated, underrated start. I'll go overrated. This one I went back and forth on a few times because there's a couple guys who it's like, uh, I, you know, this, you know, Scott Gomez, he's kind of already, already panned to begin with. So I'm not really sure like he's overrated. I almost think Chris Drury's in that same boat. 
was almost going to pick Chris Drury, even though I kind of liked him. I'm going to go back to a guy. I kind of said it uh, like, I think last week, it's kind of back to the can here. Uh, Brad Richards. I mean, uh, you know, only lived up to three years of that contract. The first year was very good. The next two were okay. Um, you know, the Rangers probably signed him and it was kind of a, a, a template of a different time, but the Rangers kind of signed him probably three or four years too late. I know they had wanted him before he went to Dallas. They weren't able to get him. Uh, they get Brad Richards, who, um, you know, it was a good player for the Rangers, but overall, you know, three years out of a nine-year contract, the Rangers with that buyout are still paying him. Um, it just didn't seem worth it in the end, uh, if you really think. 151 points in 210 games. Oddly enough, this is a really weird stat. I was looking at before. Him and Chris Drury have the exact same number of points played uh, for the Rangers. Interesting. Just kind of a – each have 151 points. Uh, Drury did it in, in more games. So, uh, yeah, he did it in 264 games of the Rangers. Richards did it in 210, but they each have 151 points. Weird. I'll go Brad Richards. I don't dislike Brad Richards. I kind of shit on him twice, two weeks in a row now. But if you're looking at the grand scheme of things, uh, and I thought those other ones would have been ruled out. So, yeah, uh, that's my overrated. You if know? you're talking about just uh, contract, it's a different thing. I'm kind of in the same boat. My overrated guy, and, and we're still watching it play out, and – um, so I, again, this, this might be a freezing cold take, uh, in, in a couple of years, uh, it might not be, but I'm going to go with overrated just because of the contract. I, I got to say Jacob Truba. I really like Jacob okay. Truba as a leader. I really like Jacob Truba as a solid, um, defenseman that they can rely on, but I will also be kind of shocked if in 2024, 25 at age 30, um, for six million that year, uh, I'd be shocked if Jacob Truba is still on the team. Uh, it kind of makes me wonder, like these huge contracts, these these giant contracts that they've given out, have any of these worked? I, the post post salary cap era, um, as a single one, they let run out. I mean, even Henrik like bought out. You know, last season they could have just easily let him ride out one more year. Of course, there's uh, so much mystery behind that. But uh, I'm just I'm going Truba right now, and I I could I almost went Richards um, for the grand scheme of things, but I kind of I almost figured you would. So I'm gonna go Truba because um, some people are just never gonna be able to look past the contract, kind of understandably. Um, it yeah. makes it makes sense. But he he's a great player. He's look he's a good player. But do I see him on this team in five years? I mean I guess that depends on the championships they win, perhaps. Hopefully, if there's one or two. But that's uh, true. I, I, I get it. Less, you know what I'm saying. I do. I get it. I get it. I, it, it makes sense. It, it does. And um, it's just, yeah, I talk about those contracts. Like um, it, it's, it's a lot to, you realize how much time can change in, in a six, seven year, eight year period, which maybe in the big, big, you know, big scheme of things doesn't seem like that much, but it kind of is. And, you know, yeah. outside, you know, a lot of these free agent signings, they just like, yeah, towards the end. I mean, look at a guy like, you know, those massive contracts that like Colville Chuck or Marion Hosta signs. Like even those guys didn't live to see the end of those contracts. And those were, those were premier players back in the day. And they, right. one of them did. So Colville Chuck one, I remember him signing that there was just a part of me gut reaction. I, I was like, no fucking chance, dude. <laughs> no way you're going to spend that much time in New Jersey, but we'll switch over to underrated, underrated, a lot of good, uh, some, there's some, some good candidates here. Um, I had a few, few guys I went honorable mentions. Um, Dan Girardi and Cam Talbot were uh, un like undrafted free agents. So um, two guys who look, say what you want, uh, at least early on there, you know, Tal Talbot gets traded and Girardi kind of uh, has a 
a bad ending, but early on they were super effective guys. Uh, I loved Vinny Prospel back in the day. So shout out Vinny Prospel. but my pick, I think it's gotta be, uh, it's gotta be Anton Strawman, um, a guy who was kind of cut from a couple different teams and wasn't really, I mean, he's talked about how he wasn't really sure if his career was going to be over that he comes into the 11, 12 team. He didn't sign till like, I believe late. Like, I don't think he signed right away. It might've been like towards the end of training camp or whatever it may be. I'll pull it up now, but turned into a really good Ranger and, and a guy who uh, probably regrettably didn't play for the Rangers longer. And I think the, the, you know, hindsight's 2020, but uh, they made a mistake letting him go. Uh, and they, you know, they chose, uh, chose uh, Dan Boyle over him basically. Um, or you could even say they chose, you know, Girardi and eventually stall, but yeah, he didn't sign with the Rangers till November 5th, 2011. Um, and this is a guy who, you know, had a good career in Sweden, uh, just didn't really put it together and, and then came over here and, and look, he's played 853 games in the NHL. He's going to, he's been on waivers. I'm not sure he'll get to a thousand, but, uh, but to get a good career and was a really important member of that, uh, all, you know, that little run there from, you know, 11, 12, 12, 13, and then 13, 14. And, and I think they missed him in 14, 15. He would have been useful. Yeah, I think it's a great answer. I think Stallman, if he sticks around, maybe maybe Girardi or Stall, they don't get that big contract and, mm. and who knows where the Rangers are. Uh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. I'm going to go, uh, you know, smaller of a role for this guy, uh, but underrated contract signing, two years, $3 million. Dominic Moore. Great pick. Great, great Dominic pick. Moore. Oh, ends great up being pick. ranging for three years. Plus he wants to sign another one. Yeah, but that's a, oh, that's a good pick. That's a really good pick. Yeah, let's see. Average salary. So his first year is a million. His second is just 1.5. So he even gets a nice little raise. Um, but Dominic Moore is, is a Ranger legend. Uh, despite only playing four or five seasons for them, he'll always have that goal. Um, but, but he was uh, such a pivotal part. You know, Dominic Moore is kind of in the realm of players that might only put up like eight to 12 goals regular season, but you know, the playoffs come around, then you have a serious veteran guy that steps up and scores like Strawman was that guy too, where, you know, a couple goals in the regular season, but Hey, it's playoff time. He's got like, he's got like three goals, nine assists, you know, in two in 14 games or something. So uh, I, I think that, yeah, we're both going 13, 14 uh, Rangers for underrated and uh, in hindsight. Yeah. That team maybe was better than we think about. You yeah, have role, role players that are still around the league, like Haglin, right? Still, uh, still playing for Washington, and yeah, it's crazy to think, and it's been it's crazy to think that's you know seven years ago. I feel like I remember so vividly. Yeah, Domore's a great one, and you said it like Domore. There's a reason he was traded for a bunch in his career because every team every year needs a guy like that, and he was so good in that fourth line. We talk about depth right now, which is hopefully the Rangers are, are keep adding to that fourth line was so good, and the, the top to bottom they had four lines that could play, and that's so important down the stretch here. So great pick. I you know I that kind of slipped my mind. That's a, that was a great pick there. So Strawman and Moore two very un unsung hero rangers here uh we'll go to favorite least favorite we like ending on a positive note so we'll go to least favorite first free agent signing i got one we kind of talked about him last time too just kind of leads to rangers um my least favorite ranger signing of all time uh free agent signing is donald brashier i was so i hate i hated that guy i said i watched him end his uh, blair betts's tenure as a ranger i hated that guy uh he tortured the rangers for years uh, just he was, you know, the toughest SOB in the league, but man, we could, I couldn't stand him. So I was so mad when the Rangers signed him and he only played a handful of games. He could have been a random Ranger of the week, but and somehow he's not a random Ranger just because I remember him so well. So uh, just because of how much I hated him. Yeah. Donald Brashears just from like 
building up the free agency and he got like a three-year contract or something like i couldn't stand it yeah he played 36 games the rangers i couldn't stand that guy so yep. Yeah, no I interest. Didn't want to see him uh, in, in a range uniform. It's nope. kind of, like signed glass too, and it was kind of the same. Like, ugh. you ever hear the rumor that Brashear, uh, his breath was so bad that, that you know people <laughs> wouldn't want to fight him? I forget who fucking said that. Oh, Maybe God, it was in terrible. Avery's book. I think it was in Avery's book. Oh gosh, uh, yeah, but I don't he, know. They would call but... him the bear hug. He was the bear hug fighter, and gotcha. uh, supposedly his breath smelled. Again, Donald Brashear, if this somehow makes its way to your uh, your ears, please. Please, I, I know nothing. And hey, I'm, come on the pod. Very, yeah, the pod. hey, come on. Yeah, we'll talk it out. We'll talk yeah, it we'll out. totally could. Uh, absolutely, I agree with that. I watched him fight Brendan Shanahan uh, probably six months before that, and it was like – I was at that game too. It was gross. Oh, you were at that one? I, yeah, I, I remember great. watching that. Um, oh, what, what, a, what a fucking game, and, and I can't believe that still sticks out in my mind uh, as much as it does. Rangers Capitals at the Garden. I think it's December 29th. It was right after Christmas. Yeah, yeah. 29th, yeah. Uh, 2007. Brashear fights Shanahan because I forget I forget what else happened in that well, game. Well, because he but went after Yager a little bit and stuff. Right, 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 right. And, and another guy who almost was my least favorite pick uh, who was involved in that whole thing was Aaron Ward. And Aaron – because right. he like, And, and, and I, the only reason Aaron Ward would have made my list, not because I didn't like the signing, was because him and Yager had beef. And if you come after Yager, Yager you're coming after me. So I don't like you. Uh, that's that's the way I go. No one disrespects Yager Yager. So uh, I almost picked Aaron Ward just for that reason. But what's, just from the, Wait, real quick. What's the background on that? Because I, I don't know if I know Yeah, that. so it was something along the lines, like, I don't know, Ward didn't like, you know, Yager's leadership style. I don't know, he was the captain of the team. Like he was on the, the Rangers? Yeah, on the Rangers, and uh, they just had some beef, and there was a screaming match um, uh, on a bench during a game, and then Ward got traded like two days later. So, like, wow. it was one of those things where, like, he kept calling after Yager, basically challenging him and all that stuff. And Speaking um, of, you, you see the uh, – you wonder what the, the Mika Kreider kind of little argument was about. I don't yeah. know if you saw that. that was pretty funny. I'm sure it's over nothing. It's like brothers fight like anything, right? But it's just yeah. funny. Uh, funny to see that little interaction caught on MSG the, the other yeah. day. Yeah, so he was uh, yeah with the Rangers and actually traded for another guy who could have been like an underrated guy. I I just liked last week was uh, he got traded for Paul Mara. I liked Paul Mara. So, um, but yeah, so just a little beef. But no, Donald Brashear is my pick. I was just circling the, the wagons there. Who is your least favorite Ranger free agent signing of the Cap era? Oh well, okay, all right. Um, oh wait, let me say that in a second. But like I, I will say that the Aaron Ward getting sucker punched that really was gone from my memory. That he <laughs> yeah. whatever he must have said to get he said it. something. Yeah, yeah, said something to him. That's funny. Um, all right. Well, I, I think I, I think you'll be able to guess who this is just based on just the next couple words I say. So, who do you think of when you hear six years, thirty nine million dollars? Yeah, that's he was in the running. I, 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 he was in the running. Although I will say, at the time of him being signed. I was probably kind of pumped as a 14, 15 year old kid, whatever I was. So. Right. And so we're talking about Wade Redden for anybody yeah. curious. Um, probably maybe the worst signing ever. Maybe the worst signing ever. You could argue like, it's ever in NHL history. I mean, I yeah. guess it's not quite Di Pietro level. Um, it's a little different, but yes, I, but I, I don't know what you would even say that Di Pietro had a, uh, at least a couple seasons like of worth, but Wade Redden, when he came to the Rangers, he forgot how to play hockey. Yeah. Hopefully he wasn't great the season prior. Um, I, I don't quite remember uh, the fan reaction to it, but what a disaster. Oh my God. I can't believe they even sent him down to the AHL. What would it be? They would be the highest paid AHL player. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's getting full contract that whole time, I guess. Yeah, he is. Cause his crazy. contract was NHL guaranteed. And that's what they actually, cause that was, 
during like the uh they sent him down um like he was in the ahl for like two full seasons uh, I, and then they were in 11 12 so imagine, yeah. imagine they have six seventh defenseman 2012 torella wade redden oh my god yeah uh it's just like one of those yeah i mean look two things to say about wade redden so yeah like pretty much that rule pretty much changed how the salary cap worked in the NHL because then it was the 12 13 lockout. The Rangers got two amnesty buyouts, one on Wade Redden, the other one was on Brad Richards eventually. Um, and they pretty much changed the rule because when the Rangers put him on waivers and no one claimed them, they got rid of pretty much his entire cap hit, uh, which I think was 6.5 million. But now there's a difference. Like if it's a guaranteed contract um, like that and it's a one way deal. Uh, there's like percentages of like how much the cap. So they actually changed the cap rules simply because of that. And no one wanted him because he was so bad with the Rangers. Think about True. this folks, the, uh, which maybe, you know, we'll see how Artemi Panarin plays out with the Rangers, but maybe the best cap era for agency signing of all time might be Zidane Chara. He was a free agent. So the Rangers were in on him too. They tried, he went to Boston and obviously he became Zidane Chara as we know him. He was with Ottawa and, uh, and he was very good with Ottawa. The, the Ottawa Senators picked Wade Redden over Chara because after the lockout, they couldn't afford both of them. So they had to pick and think about that for a second. Look, Wade Redden was a good defenseman. I mean, 05, 06, he has 50 points. He had four straight years of over 40 points on the blue line. Um, but, you know, it was turning 31. Uh, you can kind of see uh, everything falling off the ladder there. So good pick. I, you know, I figured he would be brought up. I didn't, I, but I will say, for my reaction initially, I couldn't pick him because definitely uh, I was young. I was pumped about him, but uh, yeah, no, it was, it was bad. Not very good. Let's, let's do a favorite, favorite signing. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I guess I'll keep mine short. My answer is Panarin and it's not even hard not to be hard, yeah, not, it's to hard be. not to be Panarin. Like I, now that we've been talking about it for a couple of minutes now, I really am trying to think of a contract that has worked out in the Rangers favor that are these big giant deals. Uh, even the even the ones that aren't giant, like Broussard, five years or four years, like Zuccarello, four years, traded both of them. So, uh, yeah, it's got to be Pernarin. Hopefully, we do see the end of his contract. I can't imagine him taking uh, so much of a nose dive, but we've been surprised before, haven't That's we? True. It's true. No, it's got to be Panarin. I figured he'd be brought up there. Um, I saw, you know, he's, I think he's got to be the best for agency signing in New York Rangers history. I don't really think there's much debate there. Give him all uh, the money. Give yeah. Him all yeah. He's money. underpaid. He's underpaid somehow. <laughs> I don't know how, but he's underpaid. Uh, this is a little bit more uh, intimate and personal for me. Uh, throwback just because I loved him when he was a Red Wing and back in the day. My favorite was Brendan Shanahan when the Rangers yeah. signed Brendan Shanahan back. That was excited. Uh, he was a good Ranger. We just talked about him before, fighting Brashear. Um, you know, had two good years as a 38 and 39 year old, 62 points in 67 games his first year, bit of a tail off 46 and 73 the next year. But I always, I always liked Brendan Shanahan. And so I was excited there, but Panarin is, uh, is the outright winner overall of this category, I would say. Yeah, we were we were lucky to see a, a Ranger team led by Yager and Shanahan. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Era. It is it is it's kind of random, probably in the over the course of the NHL's history, especially when you take into account the early '90s Penguins and the the late '90s Red Wings. A um, couple of legends on the Rangers there. So absolutely, they did. They had a bunch of guys like that, which is kind of funny how that worked out. And he said, but you know, he was he was a good Ranger for two years. Uh, no no ill will towards uh, towards Shanny, one of my guys. So I think that's all I got.
that's all I got over here, guys. We'll we'll we'll, we'll say uh, farewell and uh, good good luck to the Rangers tonight. Hope we get another W. And be sure to look out for all the clips that Jake's gonna throw out for us. That's right. We're recording this before the Devils game. Hopefully, we get a W. We we have no idea what we're gonna see tonight. Uh, Igor is back in net, so that's good. We we shall see. The uh, the future holds all the answers. Coach Connell McNeilis, thanks so much for joining me. We'll see you uh, next week for the Every Ranger Goal podcast. Thanks so much, everybody. Thanks, guys.